0: Real Estate radio. This is Byron Levine, One and company at William Ravis Real Estate. Uh, I've got Pat Kenny, Barnum plans. What, what a uh, racket that was. If you guys were Man. hanging Man. in there over that, probably a record commercial break at 949 as Chris tried to get us on. I mean, Chris asked us last week if we wanted to like rerun a show. We don't rerun a show, real estate radio. We do live shows here. Even though it's Thanksgiving weekend, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, but clearly, clearly, that uh, this was not not working over there at the 94.9 studios. I don't know. I don't even know what I hear in my ears. I hope it hears better on the radio. Joe, why don't you tune in over there? Jill's running the Facebook Live. The Facebook Live is hilarious. Because we've just been sitting here talking about how uh,
1: we we assume we're on the radio. Like we have literally no confirmation. Yeah. Other than having heard that, Nelly play, which is our and the buzzing, yeah, and this could be the best three quarters of an hour of radio ever, or it could be a complete train wreck. As at least it has started. Uh, this is I really hope wreck. not, Chris. I, I we're, hope.
0: we're having a ninety-four-nine meeting this week. Uh, you get everybody you need to get. <laughs> get Johnny Fuller. Get Tim Burrows, get Marissa, get everybody lined up. We are having a 949 real estate radio meeting this week. This can never happen again. Chris is saying in the chat that his computer decided to take a vacation. Probably because it's a thousand years old over there. Like most. Marvin said the phone was busy the last hour. I don't know what that means, but if that means, well, to, have we had technical difficulties more than this segment in the show? Chris probably took the phone off the hook. He probably had people calling him saying, what is going on over there? Uh, kind of like what's going on in our state of Connecticut, Pat. I,
1: Ooh, uh nice segue. Well
0: done. Yeah. I, I'm, reading, I'm reading in other articles, not the one that you sent me that we're going to get into in, in a minute, that as we look at our budget for – oh, no, it, faces, it, it talks about it here. The state is facing a more than $1 billion deficit ne- next fiscal year. And any revenue, obviously, would help the deficit. I know that Connecticut always, Lamont always kind of uh, runs around and pats himself on the back for, which I don't know why, because he didn't build it up, but he's always patting himself on the back for Connecticut's Rainy Day Fund, which has topped $3 billion. But if we have a $1 billion deficit next year, and one that we've talked to a bunch of time that's going to grow to $2.7 billion the following year, we uh, I don't know why we're so excited about the, the biggest rainy day fund of all time because we need to correct the annual budget. Pat, you and I have talked about a number of
1: times. Ad nauseum.
0: What, what we could do to increase revenue, one of those things being an extremely obvious legalizing recreational marijuana. Well, NBC C T published earlier this week has said that House Democrats vowed to vote on Recreational marijuana, but they're just voting on the ability to vote on it again or talk about it more. Is that what they're voting on?
1: Yeah, it's the thing. So we talked about this before. We talked when, when it was like 2018, 19, I think it was when we did one of these shows. One of the things we read was they just like with the legalized gambling, the 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 legislation isn't even voting on legalizing the thing itself, they're talking about whether or not it'll make it to a referendum to then be voted on. So we're, we're, we're voting down the idea of having a vote about it, which is ridiculous. Again, like we're having all of these problems. Again, this article too, I mean, if you look at it at the end of it, uh, if recreational marijuana ends up being put up for a public vote, wo- sorry, it wouldn't happen until 2022 or 2024. So we're so far behind the ball right now. To just do this, it's already ridiculous. But yeah, so what we're talking about now is will we talk about having a vote again?
0: So New York, let's look at the surrounding states. New York's legal status is mixed; they are fully legal for medicinal and they have decriminalized. Massachusetts fully legal, yes for medicinal, yes for decriminalized. Massachusetts or uh, Rhode Island rather, legal status is mixed. Medicinal, yes. Decriminalized, yes. And then Connecticut, same thing as Rhode Island, mixed on the legal status, medicinal, yes. Decriminalized, yes. So mixed means not fully legal recreationally. Uh, Vermont is, Massachusetts is, Maine is, Jersey is as well. So if you live in Connecticut and you smoke weed, listen, we've said this so many times in the past, Connecticut isn't going to, like, control who smokes weed and who doesn't The people that want to smoke weed they're going to do it with or without the state's permission
1: already you know, are i'm and sure they
0: already are and and even before mass went when legal they were doing it but now it's it's very easy for them to just drive across the border to the north or go over to jersey uh and and get legal marijuana and all that tax money goes to those states as opposed to our state where we need We really, I mean, there is a a whole other debate, Pat, obviously, is if if we need more revenue, we're one of the highest tax states in the country. You know, we may have a spending problem. not necessarily a revenue problem. But when we have a $1 billion shortfall coming in 2021, added revenue would help, especially if we want to continue to stay, uh, you know, supporting all these state-funded programs that that we have in here pulling out our our taxes.
1: Well, yeah, coupled with the exodus, of of monies that we've talked about before and just the other vehicles that we can use to try to help boost revenue, as opposed to just taxing those of us that are still here further into the ground, which we do, or putting things like, and we've talked about this before, 10 cent plastic bag tax. That got us nowhere. (laughs) Great call on that one. Let's do it again. Um, You know, actually helping something that creates and, and, you know, fosters industry. I mean, we're an industrial state; industry is, is is dying. It's a tough it's a tough industry to be in, and we're not the right place for it because we're so expensive. So we just gotta gotta work on something like this. I mean, I just sent over one of the things in the chat uh, that I just sent. The the last one is a study from the Connecticut Center for Economic Analysis (CCEA) um, just released in September, with projections on 690 to $740 million in direct state tax revenue over the next five years, if we were to legalize that. 700 to $750 million in five years. Sounds like a pretty healthy chunk.
0: So that's like 20% of this shortfall, this $1 billion shortfall, right? If you go, well, maybe about 15% of the yeah.
1: shortfall. Now, granted, that's over the course of five years, right? So, like, this is not the silver well, bullet.
0: M- but, meaning I did that, you know, divided by
1: five, you know, yeah. uh,
0: that would get you almost – I think 15% of a billion in each one of those five years. Mm-hmm. You spread that out.
1: Yeah. I mean, first year alone, they're, they're projecting 35 to 53 million in the first year of sales. Right. Like that, that's, that sounds pretty good. It sounds like a uh, more than double, uh, our 10% our 10 cent, uh, plastic backpacks. So
0: in so the little. first year, in the first year, that'd be about 5% of the shortfall, but boom, just by doing something that listen, folks, people are already going and buying their cannabis. So just by Making that recreational legal, you get five percent of that shortfall still got ninety five percent we gotta we gotta make up uh, now you mentioned Pat, and we've talked about this a bunch the the migration leaving the state we've actually seen over the last you know year since March an influx of you know new buyers in Connecticut for our real estate now mm-hmm. we're one of the highest I actually had a call from a california real estate broker who's looking to invest in Connecticut and we sent her over some uh, just some properties that she's looking at in a specific area and she's like this is somebody from California. She's like holy crap. The property taxes, the local property taxes in Connecticut are out of control. On average we're over 2% of the property's value where in California they're at 1%. Now obviously California has a higher state income tax and they're really getting hosed in that way but she just couldn't believe it like you know somebody from out of state wanting to buy a second home or an investment property which is which is what she was looking at she couldn't believe the local property tax being over 2% on average here in Connecticut by far one of the highest and then we still have a very high state income tax right so if you're going to live here full time and you're going to own the real estate you're getting hit so hard in the state of Connecticut already so any revenue that we can generate to ease that burden and not – like most towns, Pat, 98% of the revenue comes from the local property taxes.
1: Yeah. 98%. Well, we've we'll talked about that a million different times too, right? And, and what Connecticut's is notorious for, right, is, is drive down property values, jam property taxes through the roof because you still have to have enough money coming in on the, on the sheets, or super high – super high low, reasonable property taxes – but home values go through the roof. I mean, in the end, it's the same check. Um, you know, you're obviously better off having a lower mill rate than a higher, but it's so disparate. You know, look at, um, you know, again, I'm closer to our end of the state. Uh, Bridgeport and Fairfield are like two of my favorites. Bridgeport's property values are depressed, even though we talked about that you know, last week. Yep. Um, mill rate is astronomical. Yep. Fairfield on the other side, property values, very strong. Mill rate's... Almost half of Bridgeport. There's, you share streets, like <laughs> literally share streets. You can you can be on the wrong side of the road from your from your neighbor in Fairfield and have a have a Bridgeport mill rate.
0: The state's average effective property tax rate is 2.07, which is almost double the 1.08 percent national average. Oh my
1: god!
0: Yeah, it's brutal. It's
1: how brutal. how could we alleviate some of that? Do we think? Oh, that's right. By helping other things that generate income yeah. i had to pull it up because we talked about it first about the whole going to massachusetts thing because we've done these shows in the, in the past and we've talked about because colorado was the first one to do it right so we've always given reference to their numbers and you know the, all the hundreds of millions of dollars they've already generated but i like mass mass just started last year um you know we did the whole article about people you know flooding in and the ridiculous number of taxes because it's expensive i mean there's a 20 percent overall tax so it's 6.25 sales tax 10 and three quarters excise, and then there's an option tax for the towns that the stores are in of 3%. I mean, you're, you're paying a lot.
0: It's basically uh, 20, 20%
1: almost. 20% round numbers. So yeah. um, at the end of their fiscal year, which is June 30th, Massachusetts had collected $122 million in the first two years of having legal marijuana. $60 million a year. That's right in line with what we just talked about, projections for here. Uh, almost $66 million in excise taxes and almost $39 million in just sales taxes alone.
0: And that local town 3%, I mean, listen, if, if the local towns are getting 98% of their money off the local property taxes, eventually we're already at the highest, uh, You know, we're double the national average for the effective property tax rate. Can't keep taxing people's real estate and expect them stay here. I know that this year has been an outlier, and we, we've had a lot of New Yorkers come over and get a better quality of life and all of that. I would actually ride that momentum, make even more incentives for them to do that. But eventually, these towns and the state got to get money from other places. This is certainly one of them. We've talked about legalized gambling. We'll talk about all of this, plus the one in company, Real Estate Rewind, when we come back. You're listening to Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now and stimulating Talk. Radio Byron Lazine, One and Company, William Ravis Real Estate. We've got Pat Kenny, Barnum Plans. And it's been a crazy little show. Hope everybody's having a great Thanksgiving weekend. We go live every week. So if if you've heard some, you know, problems over here in 949 land, it is no fault of real estate radios. I'm putting the entire blame on 949. And I'm requesting a a big time 949 meeting this week. Martin. Martin McKinney, Service Station Equipment, your residential tank specialist. Set up the meeting. Oleos, let's go. Let's do it. I want everybody from 94.9 there.
1: I'd say we host it via Zoom, but not really speaking on that right now.
0: Masked you're going to have to represent. We're going Oleo. Yeah, I know. You, you're in the, Pat's not going to be there. We'll Zoom Pat in. All right, Joe, what do we got? Let's do the one and company weekly rewind. I don't know, Chris. Maybe in the chat you can tell me. Can we can we take callers this week, or are we still able? Do we have a line free? Because I know we're tying up one line. I don't know. We'll figure a- it out. Anyways, Jill, let's let's get the screen share up. Let's do the One and Company at William Ravis Real Estate rewind. If you've got a property to promote, you could go over to our Facebook, facebookcom estate. You go over there, and we'd be happy to promote your real estate. Or if you can call on 860-464-9490, we'd be happy to promote your real estate deal, for sale by owner, another agent, whoever. Love to help you out. All right, we've got one new listing for the week: 10 Almer Street in Groton. It's on for 2699. That's right down the road from the 949 Ledger Studio, 10 Almer Street, Groton, 2699. Brand new listing, single family. Flat backyard, totally fenced in. So if you get a a dog, this would be a really good one for you. Updated kitchen, three bed, two bath. Basement could easily be refinished. Already has a fireplace down there. So 10 Almer Street, Groton. Perfect starter home or move-up home in Groton. 10 Almer Street, 2699. All right, under contract. We had nine under contracts this week. At One anth Company, we had under contracts in East Haven, East Haven, Milford, Hamden, East Haddam, East Haven, East Haddam, Milford, and Colchester. Wow, little grouping there. A lot of uh, a lot of East towns with the East. All right, our closings for the week we had closings in Norwich, Hamden, Guilford, Ballentown, Milford, and North Stonington. We're the sixth closings. If you ever have a property that you'd like to promote on real estate radio, just email me in, oneandcompany.com. Be happy to do that. Jill, what do we have for open houses? All right, open houses. We've got a whole bunch tomorrow. We've got three of them going on. We've got 12 to 266 High Street, downtown Guilford. I'll be heading there right after the show. To-Do a showing, 66 High Street, downtown Guilford, luxury condos. Looking out all the way to Long Island Sound, you can walk downtown, walk to the green, walk to the train, walk to the restaurants, shopping. Tomorrow, 12 to 2, 66 High Street in Guilford. Also tomorrow, 12 to 2, 21 Halleck Street in downtown Guilford. Actually, Halleck Street is right behind 66 High Street, so you can hit them both. 12 to 2, 21 Halleck Street with Paige. Downtown Guilford, that's a two-family investment property opportunity in downtown Guilford. And also tomorrow, 12 to 2, 20 Cutler Street in the Stonington Borough with Lucy. So 20 Cutler Street is open tomorrow, 12 to 2, in the Stonington Borough. And that is the Open Houses and One and & Company Weekly Rewind for this past week. Like Pat, I like your uh, background there on the Facebook Live.
1: I feel like it's appropriate. It's very guys, appropriate.
0: Have you guys seen the tree in Rockefeller Center?
1: That is that is 2020 yeah. embodied. 2020
0: tree.
1: It's, <laughs> it's the only thing more pathetic than this current show. Just making my. I'm gonna actually go. I, I may I may have to take advantage of the legal laws here in Florida when this is done and see what we can come up with. This is this is ridiculous. I'm so bummed. I'm so excited about this show. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to make uh, the best of it, because it's what we do here, because uh, we're professionals.
0: Marijuana is not legal in Florida, I okay? I
1: know. Oh, okay.
0: It's, uh, re- it's a, uh, just like Connecticut, medicinal. But Florida doesn't have a, a uh, tax revenue problem, Connecticut does.
1: That's true. Uh, anyway, sorry. So, yeah. back to it real quick. So, I wanted to finish up, because again, we're using mass as an example, right, because how close they were. So, the last thing, that 3% that we talked about, that local tax... This is, I think, where it's really important because this is what goes directly to municipalities. This doesn't go into the state general fund. There's 46 municipalities in Mass that have one dispensary or another, or at least one dispensary. They collected 18.28 million dollars in the local excise taxes for those towns. That's almost 400 thousand dollars per town in additional tax revenue for every single one of those towns. I'm sure that it's skewed depending on, you know, the volume of, of, of the towns, but. Think about some of, some of the, the cities and towns in Connecticut, what they could do with... I mean, an extra 400 grand is, what, 100 properties? 75 properties, depending on the rate in terms of property taxes?
0: Yeah, I mean, the towns need more money. We're at 98% of their revenue or more is coming from these local property taxes, Pat. So just to put it in perspective, our local property taxes now generate more than $11 billion per year statewide. And our... State income tax is about just under that, $10.8 billion. So the more people that take their state income tax out of the state, what do you think happens? The local municipalities don't get any you know, support from the state for education, this type of thing. So they've got to rate. The only thing they can do, if 98% of their revenue is coming from the local property taxes, they've got to continue to raise that if the state of Connecticut can't find other ways to generate revenue because they've been losing state income tax, been going in the opposite direction, right? So Connecticut as a state has to find ways to help their local municipalities. There was actually uh, Greg Antipoff, local CPA. I I was texting him as we were starting the show, as we were waiting for the show to, to start. And I guess last year there was talk of having the state take the burden, the burden, of collecting all property taxes and then redistributing that to the individual towns. Obviously, this faced much skepticism because many felt the state wouldn't fairly distribute what was collected. Of course not. I mean, look what they've done with all the money they've collected from the casinos. They oh, no, no. Bridgeport,
1: totally, to there's more money than, than the towns where the casinos oh, actually yeah. are. Makes it
0: perfect. Just, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's just, you can look at how they've distributed money in the past unfairly, and, and you
1: can... Oh, my God. Money
0: make the case that they would not fairly distribute the property taxes, right? Like you're getting, you're going to get way more property taxes from, uh, you know, uh, listen, if you look at the, the town that I live in, Madison, there's very high taxes. But if you look at what you get for those taxes, I mean, they just built a multi-million dollar state-of-the-art library, beautiful. Their states ranked, uh, their, their uh, school rather, ranked amongst one of the best. In the state. So they are taking those taxes and they are redistributing it back into the town. Now, if the state of Connecticut is collecting those taxes, hmm. you can look at what would happen to a town like Madison. You know, you wouldn't have to, uh, it wouldn't take you too long to figure out what would happen in, in a town like that. They would not redistribute that appropriately uh, in comparison to what these towns are paying.
1: So you're and, saying you're not a supporter of that particular idea?
0: No, I'm not a supporter of that particular idea. I'm, I'm a supporter of let's get the the revenue thing figured out. Let's get the spending problem Connecticut has figured out. Let's legalize sports betting because everybody else is doing it. Let's legalize marijuana because everyone else is doing it. Let's not miss out on those revenue opportunities as a state so that the local towns, all of them, all of them, not just you know particular towns, but all of the local towns have a better chance uh, of surviving, and they don't have to just keep jacking up local property taxes. Pat, most towns uh, throughout the country—they're about an average where they get their their money, local property taxes—is about seventy percent. Where ours is over ninety-eight percent. The average nationwide is about seventy percent. So we're already at ninety-eight percent. Our local towns have like no chance of generating any other money because they're so reliant on these local property taxes. So. The state, which has done a very bad job of not only generating but spending, has to help these local towns way more than they have historically. They've got to do a better job of where they're spending the money, and they've got to do do a better job of generating revenue. One of the ways to generate revenue would be to jump into the sports betting, which is happening without you. Connecticut and also the legal marijuana consumption is absolutely happening without you.
1: And I, feel like, I feel like we do this like once a year or so, once a year and a half we talk about this and like yeah. the fact that we're only getting to the point where they're voting on having a conversation about the vote I think is the part that's so frustrating. Like we haven't actually made forward progress to even get bills organized, anything close to being put on paper um the thing i just sent you was about the sports betting because we talked about that too the other problem i think we really run into and and this is literally a geographical problem is not only are we a surrounded by towns i'm sorry surrounded by states that have already done the things we're talking about we're too small so if you live in central texas and nothing is legal in texas you're not driving to oklahoma unless you're going to do something different about it because it's a nine-hour drive if i live in milford connecticut and I'm annoyed that I can't sports best or that I want to go buy legal marijuana, I'm not driving more than an hour and a half, depending on where I'm going and depending on how I get there. It, it, there's nothing, you know, one of the, the first article, the NBC article, even talks about how, you know, state representatives are acknowledging the fact that, listen, people are getting in the car, they're driving 40 miles, and they're calling it a day. Like, you're watching revenue dollars literally drive out of the state, get spent, people take their wallet out, give their taxes to another state, and then get back in the car and drive back and do things like drive on our highways, drive on our roads, none of which are being you know paid for by those taxes because they're being spent 10 minutes across the border in Massachusetts or run out.
0: It, I mean, Pat, it, when you listen to this, without all the commercials we've been playing today, it all makes a lot of
1: sense. I, I mean, we're a little biased, I'm sure, but like, I'm not that bright. This seems to make sense. Like I mean, we, we, we've, we've left Jill speechless the entire show, which obviously means we're making good points.
0: We can only hope that Hartford would start listening to this show. All right, we come back. I'm going to share with you Connecticut's property taxes, uh, where they are in comparison to our neighbors, Rhode Island, New York, Massachusetts, and the country of the United States. Coming back, Real Estate Radio, 94.9 News Now, and stimulating.
1: Go to, like, like Norwich and London. I'd be shocked to see how bad those are. Maybe we're back. Maybe we're
0: not. Are we back? Are we back on the radio here, live on the radio? What a show this has been. If we're back, what a Thanksgiving show. Chris didn't even count us down. I have no idea if we're back. Are we back, Chris? We're coming back, he says. We may be back. We could be back. 94.9 News Now. What a racket of a show this has been. 94.9 having all kinds of technical difficulties over in Ledger. Here in my Guilford studio at One Company, no technical difficulties. Pat's over at his Barnum Plan South location, no technical difficulties there. Jill, you're located on a beautiful front porch. Which, that, is that 21 Halleck Street in Guilford? That Where? is. That is. Virtually? No. Uh, is it a multifamily investment property that's open tomorrow? It Told is. To well, 12 to 2, 21 Halleck Street, if you're looking for an investment property. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot about property taxes in Connecticut, but one way to offset taxes is to get some more income flowing into your pocket, right? Something Connecticut needs to do more. But here, let me go back to the screen share for Facebook, for all the Facebookers. If you look at, uh, you, you had brought up Norwich. This is a typical... Value here in Norwich. Three-bed, two-bath home. This is actually on the market, 36 Pratt Street, not on with us, on with uh,
1: Luis. Luis Almanzar.
0: Nice. Almanzar. Don't know Luis. Love to meet him. Love to meet you, Luis. 36 Pratt Street in Norwich. You're getting a little little love here on the Facebook Live. And so in in, uh, 2003, $2,500 in taxes now... In 2020, 46.77.
1: But look at the so look at the the bell curve on the assessment. That's what's so killer in places like Norwich and London. Like, is does this super like depressed value low, and then it goes up because we had to we have to pad the grand list again because we needed to get the revenue in, and then this complete argument of there's no way you can do it. Now assessment is what generally 70% of appraised, right? In, in a lot of places. Yeah, pretty common. So in 2020, this is assessed at 96.5. It's selling for 249 with a property with a mill rate that high.
0: So, Pat, what do you think is going to happen to some of these assessments in property taxes over the next three years in Connecticut as we've seen 16% plus rise in a lot of towns in market value, in-home appreciation, as some of these homes have now been selling for basically 2007 numbers. When they go and reassess, are they going to go up again?
1: I mean, this is, that's, a, that's a mill rate of 48. 46.77 yeah. on 97,000 is a mill rate of 48.
0: Yeah, Norwich is, is, is absurd on their mill rate.
1: That's it's like how, I mean, I'm not saying that that house is not a $249,000 value, but what, like even, I don't know, move that, that assessment up a tiny bit to keep in line with the sale. You're going to pay $6,000 a year in property taxes? $7,000 a year? Come on. Bananas.
0: Let's look at let uh, price history. Let's look at taxes on this one. Another two hundred forty-nine thousand dollar home. Forty-two
1: hundred. Oh, Hanson Road. Beautiful, gorgeous area up there. A lot of land. Been on the for a little while.
0: That one was new in two thousand sixteen. That's a bad example. Uh, let's go to let's go to Madison, which I was mentioning earlier in the show, Pat.
1: Let's just. I like how we're just kind of freestyling here. the rest of the show at this point. Yeah, well,
0: why not? I mean, this show's just been. Really pathetic. All right, so this, this property on the market here, Nikki Travolino for from Sotheby's. in, in uh, She's located in Guilford. She's got a Madison listing here, 13 Old Toll Road in Madison, on for 649900 Kind of your typical colonial over there in Madison. And if we go to the tax history on Zillow, just in 2013, this was fifty five thousand one hundred twelve dollars for your taxes. That was a tax assessment of $250,700. Tax assessment today is 257,400, but the property taxes are 2,000 more a year. 7,297. So if you bought this home in 2013, 7 years ago, and you were just kind of running your budget off of paying taxes at uh, $5,000 a year. All of a sudden now they're 72, $7, A year. Just in 2018, they were 6,600. They're like, whew, taxes have gone up a lot since uh, 2013. But now, boom, all of a sudden, 2020, 2019, even the next year, they were up another 700 bucks to 7,300. In
1: 2013, the effective mill was just under 21%. It's up to 29% in 2020.
0: Yeah. And this is Madison we're talking about here. And, And From 2013, on this particular home path, from 2013 to 2014, your taxes went up 23%. 23%. Now, if you live in Madison, then maybe you're okay with it because the town is actually spending money on, you know, they just did a library, they've got a, you know, a surf club, you can go down and enjoy the beach. There's a lot of benefits to living in a town like Madison where you tax, you know, they've got a, a top-rated school. There's a lot of benefits to where this, this tax money is going. Now, if this money went to the state and they were re- redistributing it, these property values are sinking. Uh, you know, towns like this are in a world of hurt all of a sudden because we know that the state of Connecticut's not going to redistribute that accordingly. So you can get a, you know, I know, for example, the Southwest Florida market very well and Naples, Florida, for, for example, You can get a property there for the same value at about $5,000 in annual taxes, but you can get homesteaded and locked in. And if you pay your taxes off every November, you actually get a 4% deduction just for doing that. And then once you get homesteaded, your taxes only go up a certain amount. It's basically what Connecticut doesn't have. There's a cap on how much your taxes can go up where Connecticut, you can see them go up from one year to the other, 2013 to 2014, in this particular example that we were just using in Madison, we are just pulling examples off of Zillow, went up 23.4%. That doesn't happen in, in other areas of the country.
1: Not, certainly not at the rate that it does here. And that's, and that's because, again, we're so reliant on the things that we've always done, right, which is we tax business and we tax people. But we don't do anything to incentivize them to continue to earn more money, right? We don't have a, a, a state income threshold. We don't encourage businesses to stay open because we we help them. You know, we bought, uh, you know, the the GE's and the Honeywells and all those, you know, Pitney Bowes and all those all those headquarters forever ago by giving them these huge tax incentives, which just burdened all of the residents in those towns, because, like you said, 98% of the town revenue comes from those property taxes. So. So now we've we've shifted where the responsibility lies, and have, have we have we brought no way up to bring it back. We just kept doing that and kicking the can down the road, and there's no way for us to, to reverse that. Which is why we talked about this. This is the got to be the seventh, eighth, ninth show we've done about this, where you got to stop relying on raising taxes and increasing bills, and have to start increasing revenue. You can't just keep taxing people down, on because people are going to leave. I mean, yeah, we've had an influx this time around. Um, you know, uh, thanks to the, the exodus from New York, where, ironically, it's better here. You know, we're, we're I mean, you've about this, I think you've given us examples of people that are like, oh, really? That's what you get for 600000 here? Wow. That's been, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. If you, not if normal.
0: If you compare what you get for 600000 you know, home value here to, like, Texas, where there's a, just an absurd amount of people migrating to.
1: Yeah.
0: Year over year, right now, where Connecticut from 2009, every single year from 2009 till 2018, we don't have numbers, uh, really good data on the last two years, but every single year from 2009 to 2018, Connecticut has lost migration. Uh, but Texas, huge, huge state uh, for, for inbound migration. What you get for 600,000 there is ridiculous. Compared to what you can get for six hundred thousand on. Oh property.
1: yeah, like like our buddy T Mace and the stuff that that him and like that they're yeah. posting. Some of that, you know, they're doing like walkthroughs on these unbelievable properties, and you know they do like the guess the price thing, and it's like three eighty nine nine. I'm like, what? We couldn't buy a shed for three eighty nine nine in Connecticut. Like, what is what are we doing right now?
0: Connecticut's effective tax rates on property taxes is over two percent. The national average is one point zero eight percent. Uh, Rhode Island's is just at about one and a half. New York's is about one and a half. Massachusetts is under 1.2. So even our neighbors have that thing more figured out than we do. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope everybody's safe and doing well. Uh, Kind of a crazy real estate radio show. We are going to have a news conference with 94.9 this week. Uh, So that this doesn't happen again. Pat? Have a great weekend, brother. Barnum Plans, yeah. if you need to talk to Pat, BarnumPlans.com this week. OneandCompany.com if you have any real estate needs. Jill, thank you. Chris, thank you for doing what you can over there at the studio. We'll see you guys next week. Real Estate Radio 94.9 News Now and stimulating Talk.